St. John, the 20th chapter, and I want to begin with verse 25. Verse 25. I am so glad to be here on this resurrection day. Verse 25 says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. I want to speak from a thought from doubt to declaration. Say that with me, from doubt to declaration. Unless I see are words that indicate doubt. If we doubt, we do not believe or we are skeptical. If we doubt, we are uncertain. Also, if we doubt, we, if we very possibly lack trust. Has there ever been a time in your life when doubt crept in? Have you ever faced, been faced with a situation that seems beyond your capabilities? Was there ever a time when you wanted to do something or accomplish some feat or achieve some goal that seemed impossible? I believe all of us have had times of doubt. Some young people have doubts about living up to their parents' expectation or reaching goals set forth by their teachers or mentors. And most teachers attempt to encourage their students to reach out for their dreams no matter how far-fetched or unrealistic they may appear. This is good, but on the other hand, doubt could enter the student's mind because of his or her own lack of faith or distrust in the person trying to encourage them. There are people who doubt the economy will be better anytime soon. These are difficult times in which we are living. There are many people out of work and banks are foreclosing on homeowners and food prices are on the increase and gasoline is at four and five dollars uh, level and doubt is entering the minds of many people because there seems to be no relief on the horizon. Doubt is a thought that Satan likes to instill in the mind of God's people. He wants people to lose hope in God and follow the ways of the world. And people do not believe or doubt they will find work because the more they try, the more rejections they get. And after being rejected time after time, no sign of acceptance. People uh, view stealing and robbing as the way to go. And they really want to believe, but doubt seems to take control. And this is the time Satan is laughing and rejoicing because the person's focus has now shifted away from the hope in God and onto a wide road of destruction. Satan is a tempter. He tempted Jesus three different times, but Jesus stood 
on his father's word and we too need to remember uh, the word and let Satan know he we are grounded on the word. And when we follow the ways of the world, we are following the ways of the prince of this world. And that prince is Satan himself. Amen. Think about Jesus and his disciples. They ministered together for about three years. Jesus taught them the way to live and he taught them right from wrong. And he taught them where, uh, where that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus taught the disciples about loving everyone. He said to them, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Are you following me? He taught them about fasting, Matthew 6 and 17. He taught them about money, Matthew 6 and 20. He taught them about worrying, Matthew 6 and 25. Ask, seeking, and knocking, said Matthew 7 and 7, as well as many other things. Jesus taught them. They were with him when he performed miracles. They saw him heal a man of leprosy. Uh, healed Peter's mother-in-law. He calmed the storm as well as many other miracles. Disciples were very special to Jesus. And he carefully chose each one of them and they uh, uh, comprised the king cabinet or the inner circle of friends. Jesus knew the disciples before he ever chose them. He knew how they would respond to him, how they would treat him at that point, and they would uh, desert him. These men were ordinary, but uh, some respect uh, special. And I say special because he chose each one to carry on his uh, mission after his ascension. So during Jesus' ministry, the disciples felt pretty secure. They received Jesus' attention and they gave, and he gave them direction. And he was a teacher and they were his student. And he hung on, they hung on every word that came out of Jesus' mouth. They were family. They celebrated Passover together and participated in the special meal, which was the Lord's Shepherd. And so the disciples trusted Jesus and they were obedient to him, although he told them on three different occasions about his death. But they didn't get the message. The first time Jesus said to the disciples uh, in Luke 9 and 21, look what it says. It says, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. On another occasion, Jesus said to the disciples, listen carefully, Luke 9 and 44. Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of God is going to be betrayed into the hand of men. And that is rather plain language. They, but yet the disciples did not understand. Actually, the meaning was hidden from them and they did not pursue the issue any further. Now, it would have been difficult for them to understand. How could someone who did so many wonderful deeds and who showed so much love and compassion have any enemies who would stoop so low as to kill him? And although the disciples did not understand what Jesus was saying, they did not ask for clarification. 
Now, I want to do something here. Let's just shift gears and look at another servant of Jesus Christ who said he was a slave to Christ. He was set apart by God for the gospel's sake to preach the good news. In our passage today, we will see that Paul was set apart to do God's work and now he is going to make a declaration of Christ to all he can. Look here in Romans 1, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, when, which he uh, promised before uh, through the prop, prop, his prophets in the Holy Scripture concerning his son Jesus Christ or our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with the power according to the spirit of, the, of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So we see Paul was set apart to declare that the gospel was promised beforehand. Paul said he was called to preach the gospel to share the gospel. Not some new gospel, not something he made up, but according to the word of God, he had been promised beforehand. Now in Genesis 3, 12 and 3, I hope you already got the notes because I'm going to be moving fast. Abraham is told by God, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. Now, whatever promise God made to Abraham, that, that, that promise is unto us as well. Can you say amen? So Paul was coming to preach to them the good news that had been prophesied would come. And he himself uh -huh, had now experienced and he is coming to proclaim or to declare, yes, this Christ spoken of by the prophets. Now, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 2, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. No, it wasn't about me. For I, de I, de I determined not to know anything among you, like Paul said, it's not about me, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Say that with me, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, it is amazing how many uh, today in the church do not know how or do not share the gospel because of fear or lack of concern. We have fears and say things like, well, what if they ask me about some doctrinal truth? Or what if they want to know things about like things like, you know, justification or sanctification or righteousness? What if they want to know about theontology and all that kind of stuff? Who cares? The main issue is, do you know Jesus and him crucified? That's the issue at hand. That's, that's what Paul came to declare the gospel, the good news. And so the fact that you have a savior, he died for your sins. And that's what we too need to be willing to declare. All you need to know is that Jesus Christ has come into your life, changed your life, uh -huh, and share how he has changed things in your life. All people need to know is your testimony. 
Yes, that's all they need to know. Your personal testimony can lead someone to the Lord. I believe I'm in the right church. So Paul says he, did, he came to declare the gospel that was promised beforehand of uh -huh, the incarnation of Christ. Say that with me, the incarnation of Christ. See, Paul is not trying to tell people about the God who lives way up there or way up yonder. He's coming to tell of the God who stepped down out of heaven. Are y'all hearing me? Who took on the form of a man and walked on this earth. So the one who was to come would be a direct descendant of David. Jesus was that one. And Jesus was foretold to come all the way back in Genesis 3 and 15. Look what it says. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and heirs. And so he begins to first promise of a redeemer who would come to this earth to save his people. So Paul says he was a descendant of David. The lineage of Christ can be traced through Adam. Seth, the son born after Abel, was killed. And through Seth, there was Noah. And through Noah, there was Shem. And through Shem, there was Abraham. And through Abraham, there was Isaac. And Isaac, there was Jacob. And Jacob to Judah. And Judah to David. And David, and then came Christ, Emmanuel, God is with us. So Paul was saying that this is the one prophesied a long ago in Isaiah 7 and 14. What did it say? Come here, Isaiah, and tell me what you said. This is what he said in Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin, we know who that is, shall conceive and bear a son. We know who that is. And shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, this was fulfilled in Matthew 1 and 23. Paul is saying this is the one who comes in Revelation 5 and 5 through the tribe of Judah. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, Isaiah 53 and 7, he picks it up and says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is bought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is Dumb. So he opened not his mouth. And so the one who John taught about in John 1 and 14, he said the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And so Paul was declaring the Christ, the incarnate one who came to be our example. Now, 1 Peter 2 and 21, it says, to this you uh, were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his what? Steps. And so many have a hard time understanding how God could come and take on the form of a man. And so he was the one, Paul is saying, that came to dwell among us that came from the lineage of David. And so Paul says he came to die, but not to stay dead, but to be, number three, resurrected from the dead. Say that with me, resurrected from the dead. Nudge your neighbor and don't let him go to sleep and say resurrected from the dead. 
Now, this is the central truth that Jesus rose from the dead, the basis for the foundation of all that we believe. Now, it's going to get a little heavy, a little thick here, so I want you to pay attention because people are trying to disprove uh, what we believe. And if the resurrection of Christ can be disproved or made out of to be a lie, then everything you and I believe can be discounted. Are you still with me? So Paul never gives, gives, uh, gets, in, uh, uh, gets away from the preaching, the, the central truth of Jesus crucified. And you never see the crucifix preached without the resurrection. Why? 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 It is, it is not enough that Jesus died for our sins. I pause just because I want you to hear that. It's not enough that he just died for our sins. Many people in history have died for good causes. Our military over the years have died for freedom of our nation. But the central truth is if Jesus died but did not rise from the dead, so what? You cannot have the crucifixion without the resurrection. And if you can disprove the resurrection, then Jesus was not truly the son of God. He was not God who came in the flesh, born of the virgin. He was just another prophet. And if he was just another prophet, then we are without hope today. Good news is he is not just another prophet, not just another man. He is the son of God. Paul tells us that his resurrection from the dead is part of the bold declaration that Jesus is who he said he was. And by the power of the spirit, he was raised from the dead. And after his death, he was seen upon the earth, this earth for 40 days until in the book of Acts 1, he ascended back into heaven to be on the right hand of the Father. And of course, many who do not believe always try to disprove the resurrection, even in the very beginning. Now, I need you to just turn to Matthew, the 28th chapter. Let's look at verse number 11. It says, now while they were going, behold, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they uh, gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying they had to try to pay them off. Y'all see that, right? Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while he slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. And so they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Don't you know that some people will believe a lie? Some people can get paid off to tell a lie. And so look at the last part of verse 15 again. It says this is the part of why Je the Jews don't accept Christ. You see that? It's because they feel that his body was stolen. 
And my God, his resurrection has been discounted to them and to this day still believe. Now, why is this relevant to you and me about the resurrection? Well, this is why John 11 and 25 says, Jesus said unto her, I am the what? Resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, oh, I like this scripture. Though he were dead, this is why the devil don't like it. Though you die, yet shall he live. Oh, I like that. Now look at 1 Corinthians 15, 12. It says, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. You didn't like that one? Look at verse 23. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised first. Then when Christ comes back, all his people will be raised. Y'all see the power there? Are you following along with this? So you will be able to, uh-huh, to be able to carry on an argument when people tell you that there's no resurrection. What's the use of serving Jesus? You will have your scripture references. You will have your backup to let them know because he was raised, he shall raise us up too. Are you hearing me? In 1 Corinthians 15 and 42, look what it says. It, it, it is the same way for the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies which die and decay will be different when they are, your body going to be resurrected too. For they will never die. So God is going to give you a new, he's going to raise up that body, hallelujah, and it's going to be a new body. But your features may even look the same. Can you say amen? And so without the resurrection, we have no hope for the future life. Our bodies will die and so will our spirit. If there is no resurrection, there is no hope. But praise be to the Lord, he is risen. Paul was preaching, I was a Pharisee, a Jew who believed the lie of no resurrection. Paul said, I was one of those that had doubt. I was one of those that did not believe. I had disbelief working in my uh, uh, unfortunate favor. So he says, uh-huh, I was one of those uh, who believed the lie of no resurrection. But look at this. He said, but I met uh, the resurrected Christ on the Damascus road. And I once was blind, but now I can see. The scales have been removed. My hope is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is why in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, he stated uh, emphatically, I know nothing except Jesus and him crucified. Can you say amen? And so, and along with the crucifixion comes the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus from the dead. And so here's my question for you, saints of God. This what was, I, while I was doing this message, it, the question popped in my mind. Well, how do we know for sure he rose from the grave? Did anyone, anybody see him? Well, for starters, we can believe what Jesus said himself. 
In Revelation 1 and 18, look what he said. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. He said, I'm the one that liveth and I did die, but I'm not going to die anymore. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Can you say amen? Yes, yes, yes. For we know that Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene in Mark 16 and 9 and other women who visit the tomb in Matthew 28 and 9. I didn't put those down for you, but you can make note of it. These could have been approximately three to four people. And after that, Jesus appeared to the disciples on the road of Emmaus, who are traditionally said to have been two people in Luke 24 and 12. And Jesus also appeared in the midst of all of his apostles, which may have also included Matthias, who would eventually replace Judas as one of the 12 in Luke 24 and 36. Now, this bring our total up to around about 20 people. But Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, relate even more appearances. Can you look at this one with me? First Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Look at verse number three. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty nice today. I feel unusually good. So he said, for I delivered unto you, your, you first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again uh, the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Now look at verse six. This is what got me. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. At one time, over 500 people saw Jesus alive after his resurrection. And it goes on to say, of whom the greater part remain unto the presence, but some are fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen of James and then of all the apostles. And, and last of all, he was seen of me. Paul said, I, I can't let you go without telling you that I saw him too. As was one born out of due time. You know, when he got knocked off of his horse or donkey, whatever, he saw the Lord at that time. Can you say amen? He talked to him and said, who is that that I persecuted me? Are y'all hearing me? So I won't, read, I won't go over that. But Paul is telling all that will listen to his Roman account. He said, I have been called to preach the gospel good news. Not my good news, but what was promised long ago. And uh, that which was promised became man in the flesh. And he dwelt among us to show us the way. Not only did he show us the way in life, but he showed us the way in death. That we too will one day be resurrected as he was. I thank God that we have the same hope that Jesus had when he raised himself from the grave. And that is what Paul was preaching. Now the bad news is that you will one day die. Your sin separates you from God. Now, the good news is you don't have to be separated. There is hope because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Can you say amen? 
from doubt to declaration. Ah, oh, will you be a Thomas who said, unless I see the hand, the nail prints in his hand and put my hand, uh, my finger in the nail where I uh, put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Now you got to understand that doubt has is uncertainty. Doubt is unsuredness. It's undecisiveness. Doubt is a dubiousness. It is suspicion. It is confusion. Doubt is a question mark. It is uneasiness. It is apprehension. It is wavering. It is disbelief, unbelief, and misbelief. Or will you be a Paul who said, I am, I brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God? For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I can't leave John hanging there because John went from doubt to declaration. Well, would you look at them there in John 20 and 26? The Bible says, and after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus and the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Now, then he knew he had to say peace be unto you because they would have made another door in that place. But then said he to Thomas, he walked right up to Thomas and said, Thomas, reach thy finger and behold thy hands and reach thither in thy side and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believe. But look what Thomas said. He went from doubt to declaration. And verse he said, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. He went from belief, from doubt to believing that he had rose again until now he's saying, my Lord and my God. Can you say amen? For some of you who believe you can't make a declaration without seeing Jesus. This is what I have for you. In verse 29, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Can you say amen? Now that's for us. I don't know about you this morning, but I haven't seen Jesus with the naked eye. I haven't seen Jesus in the flesh. But my Bible tells me, blessed are they that have not seen, but yet believe. I got a question for you in here, dear ones. Do you yet believe? And you haven't feasted your eyes on Jesus. You haven't seen him in the flesh. But do you believe? Would you look down your row and ask all your neighbors and say, do you believe? Yes, look at a friend and say, do you believe? Well, he made a declaration. He made an announcement. 
He made a statement. He made a proclamation. He made a pronouncement. He made a, 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 a bulletin. Can you say amen? He made a memorandum. And so you got to understand something. The week before was Palm Sunday. Jesus come riding in there on a coat. On a horse that never been broken. And so the people were saying Hosanna. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But before the week was out. They were saying crucify him. Can you say amen. How can quick can people forget. What they think about you. One day they're singing your praises. And the next day they saying kill him. One day they hugging you and giving you kisses kisses. Said, mm, I love you, I love you, I love you. Nah. And the next day they got a hit man out on you. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, and so it's Friday uh, and he's wearing a man-made crown uh, and his back is laid open from the beating uh, of a cat of nine tails. Uh, now what is a cat of nine tails, Bishop? Uh, it's a strap that got nine tails uh, and on the end is razor blades uh, and rocks and sharp objects bones on the end so every time you hit his back it rips out sockets of flesh look at him laying there lying there with his back open and he has a hole in his side and blood is flowing everywhere and this is not the first time huh, he came and counted with his own blood. Huh. Come here, Dr. Luke, and share something with us. Huh. Dr. Luke said in Luke, the 22nd chapter, huh, as Jesus was at Mount Olives, huh, Mount Olives, he was sweating huh, drops of blood. Huh. They call it hemohydrosis. Huh. Can you say amen? Huh. Sweating drops of blood. Huh. Just think about the blood. Huh. And any time you think about the blood, you can't sit still when you think about the blood. Can you say amen? He died on Friday evening on a lonely cross. He died on Golgotha's hill. Can you say amen? And Peter is asleep. Judas had betrayed him. Mary is crying. Hope is lost. And death think he has won. And Satan is laughing. And Jesus is buried in a borrowed tomb. And the soldiers are standing guard. And a rock is rolled into place. And the devil was having a party on Saturday. Uh, death was attended in that party uh, and the devil asked death uh, is death is he dead uh, death said I got him uh, and grave was attending that same party uh, and the devil asked grave uh, can you hold him uh, grave said I got him uh, but early that Sunday morning uh, y'all ain't ready this morning uh, early uh, that Sunday morning while the whale was still sleeping in the slime before the dew kissed the ground before the sun peeped over the eastern hemisphere before the birds start singing that Sunday morning y'all don't want to talk 
I got to go back to my Baptist roots here. And can you say amen? I can hear Bishop Reed preaching right now. He got up. He got up. Can you say amen? He rose from the grave. And he said, death, you and grave. Y'all done had your turn. Now it's my turn. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? In other words, here's what I have to say about it. I will lay down my life, and in three days, I'll raise it up again. Can you say amen? So where is death now? Death is swallowed up in victory. Been swallowed up because of what Jesus did, and now here's Jesus' declaration. Don't you know nobody can hold me? Would you look at your friend and tell him, Say, Nobody can hold my Jesus? Can you say amen? He died on purpose, he died with purpose and he rose God Almighty some some my friends so my people can rise again can you say amen you may kill me but I'll rise again you may be trouble me but I'll never be distressed you may depress me, but I'll never be despair. You may persecute me, but I'll never be forsaken. You may cast me down, but I'll never be destroyed. Why, why, why? Because I am a winner, and Jesus died a winner. Jesus was a winner while he was in the grave. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And Jesus is a winner with the Father. Can you say amen? And he's a winner down inside of me. Would you tell somebody? I know he's a winner because he's a winner in me. And I am a winner because Jesus won on Calvary. Can you shout yes? So what does that make me? I'm a winner too because he got up. I'm going to get up too. I refuse to stay down. Can you say amen? Life is what it is, but I will not stay down. Tell somebody you can talk about me if you please, but I won't stay down. If Jesus got up, I'll get up too. Can you say amen? And this is your chance to get up out of your seat and come down to the altar and let the devil know I will not stay down in my seat any longer. I will rise and go to the altar. My blessing is in meeting Jesus. How many of you know that your blessing was in
and meet in Jesus. Tell your neighbor, my blessing was in meeting Jesus. Can you say amen? That's the bless I've ever been. When I met Jesus, that's the bless I've ever been. When I got introduced to Jesus, because he rose so he can live in my life. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And because he lives, I can live too. I'm glad for the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Can you say amen? Will you look at somebody and tell them, say, I'm glad for the death. the resurrection of Jesus Christ can you say amen and I know that he lives because he lives in me can you say amen I rose this morning got out out of my comfortable bed so I could drive here to this house to let somebody know because he lives I'm gonna live too because he got up I can't stay in my seat I can't stay down can you say amen and just like he got up I'm gonna get up one day can you say amen and just like death thought they had my savior they say you got him yes I got him grave do you hold him I got him but on that third day, he rose up, folded up his clothes, walked out of that tomb, and say, I'm alive. I'm he that liveth and was dead. But behold, 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 I am alive forevermore. Shout yes. That's why you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. You can't make me not believe. I believe that Jesus rose. He rose again. Shout yes. Give somebody an F5 and say, I'm glad he got up out of that grave. He didn't just die, but he rose with all power. All power in his hand, power that he gave to me through the Holy Ghost, shout glory. Look at somebody and said emphatically, he gave me power through the Holy Ghost. He gave me power, power to live right, power to talk right, power to do right. Can you save me? And so that's why I serve him. Because one day he's coming back again. And when he come back, I will point your finger at somebody and say, I will be ready. I will be ready. Will you be ready when he comes? Will you be ready? He's coming back again on his white horse. And I, 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 I
convince me no more over 500 at least 520 people from the Bible saw him in the flesh but he told me you got something greater called faith blessed are they that have not seen would you ask the person am I standing beside somebody blessed he said blessed are they that have not seen but yet believe yet believe yet believe I have not seen but I yet I yet believe I yet believe I saw my life go from doubt to declaration. From unbelief to declaring that he lives. I don't know who you are today, but God will move you from doubt to declaration. I hope I did a good argument as 
a spiritual attorney arguing my case that Jesus is alive. He has resurrected. He has rose from the dead. I don't know what I have to do to convince you. But go back and, 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 and look at that again and listen to it again online or whatever. And, and, and let that marinate in your spirit to let you know that he'll move you from doubt to declaration. You see what John went from doubt, except I see it, if, if I touch it, I did he, Thomas, I'm sorry, Thomas. Thomas, and then Thomas came back and did, he had, he said, oh, my Lord and my God. My Lord, because you are in charge. And there's no other God but God. That's why he said, my Lord and my God. He went from doubt to declaration. Look, look at Paul. We're putting people in prison, kill, having folk killed that believed in Jesus. But he went from doubt to the, what did he say? He said, I preach nothing except Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He died for me. He died for you. And he rose on that third day. Ooh, isn't that a blessing? That's the victory there, y'all. That's the victory. Everybody's standing on their feet. I'm done. God speak to your heart today. Are you convinced that he died and rose again? I'm talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I done poured out my heart to you today now. It's time for you to make a move. I would not stay in my seat hearing a message like this. Would you bow your heads with me while you're standing? If you're here today and you say, you know what, Bishop, I don't want to wait any longer. That's me. That's me. I need to make a declaration today. I need to declare that Jesus is Christ. He's the Son of God. He's the, living, he, he's the Son of the living God. He is my Savior. If you're here today and you say, Bishop, I've never accepted Christ in my life before, but today I want to do it on this resurrection, this Easter Sunday. I want to do it today. I want to make that declaration. I want to move out of my place of doubt into declaration. Declare it. If you're here, I want you to just raise your hand and say, I need to accept him in my life. Come on, no shame in your game. No shame in your game. Secondly, if you're here today, you say, you know what, Bishop? I need to rededicate my life to Christ. I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to. I, I, I let the pandemic and other people get the best of me, but I'm getting back on track. I'm going to get back on track. If that's you, you ready to get back on track? Raise, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're here. Say, I'm ready to get back on track. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Everybody got their eyes, got their eyes closed, their head bowed. Raise your hand if you're ready to get back on track. Come on. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Ready to get back on track. Put your hand down. Also, you're here today. You say, you know what? Seems like this is a nice church. They really love the Lord over here. They teach Children, some people are just happy. And I believe the Lord is in this place. And I need to make this my church home. 
If you're here today and you say, I need to meet my church home, I'm not going to wait any longer. Would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? All over the building, would you raise your hand? Say, I'm make this my home. I'm going to make this my home. I'm going to make this my home. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This is what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to pray for everyone that raised their hand today. I want to pray for everyone that raised their hand. Would you come down? I want to pray for everyone that raised their hand. God bless you, my brother. 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 I want to pray for everyone that raised their hand. Come on. I want to pray for everyone that raised their hand. Hallelujah. 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 Is that another one that's going to come today? Is that another one? I know, listen, I know the Spirit of the Lord is, is dealing with you. But I know sometimes it, it's a pull, man. It's like pulling on you. If I'm ready yet. You'll never, you'll never say in your flesh that you're ready. You'll never do that. You have to push past your flesh and just do it. You just got to jump out there cold turkey and say, hey, I'm going to go for broke. I'm going to do it. That's what you got. That's what I did. Because I was, listen, you'll never get yourself right. You can't get yourself right. You got to let Jesus, and even after you get Jesus right, you got to let him work on you. Anybody else that want to come? Thank God for these brothers coming here. Y'all give God praise for my brothers. Can we pray together, brothers? Would you repeat after me? Say, Lord, thank you for giving me life, strength, and health. You made me, and I didn't make myself. But today, I'm moving from doubt to declaration. I declare that today is the first day for the rest of my life. Today, I make a statement that Jesus is Lord and he's the Savior of my life. I thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for what you did on Calvary. And I thank you for shedding your blood in my place. Thank you for that powerful blood because it never loses power. And I thank you today. I have a fresh new start. A new beginning in my life by accepting you today. By getting my life renewed with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise for him. Is there anybody else here that needs a, a church home today? Anybody else that needs a church home today? I just felt like somebody just really wanted to make their declaration just like these brothers. Listen, I want to give you some information before you leave out today. Just get you kind of started and getting your, you know, get right with your new life and rededicating your life back to Christ. I want to get you going again, all right? So I got some information I need to give you. Elder Jones, where is he? He's back, he's back okay. Raise your hand back there, Elder Jones. He's already all the way over the corner over there. So just, you know, get your Bible if you got to get your Bible I want you to go with Elder Jones over there. He's going to take real good care of you. Oh, he want to share some things with you, all right? Let's give God praise for Elder Jones and Mother Johnson is on there. All right, Elder Jones and Mother Johnson. Yeah, come on, y'all. Give him another great big hand. Thank God for another successful resurrection day. 
Now, not to mess with you too much, but there's no power in Easter Bunny. In the Easter theme, remember this, the power is in the resurrection. See, when you get there in judgment, you can't tell the Lord, I went to church on Easter. God said, what, what do you believe about the resurrection? Because Easter is not what I started. I started resurrection. No one has ever claimed that they could give up their life to die on their own and then raise up their own body. But Jesus said, he did. So the power is in the resurrection. Are y'all hearing me? That's where the power is. In the resurrection. Now I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave it alone. I can understand, you know, eggs meaning, you know, beginning. It's a new beginning, new start. I'm it. Let, get your eggs. But now don't tell lies that the bunny is having eggs, okay? Because bunny don't have eggs, okay? Don't tell your children lies. When you tell them lies, you got to keep on telling them lies. Don't tell them about the two fairy lifts of money under their pillow. That's lie. Don't tell them Santa Claus brought all these toys around that, right, round, round it, round this tree. You was at Walmart. You was up late at night wrapping all those gifts. Don't start lying to them now because when you start trying to tell them about a Jesus that they can't see. They're going to doubt what you say. So to never start lying to your kids. You tell your children the truth. See, this, this is a Bible-believing church. This is a, this is a church that want to tell you right. Not be messing with you. Are you hearing me? Amen. All right, I'm done. So I'm going to put your hand together and give God praise. You may be seated.